This episode of Balancing Skincare and Samosas, I get to talk with my favorite blogger, Raj. Raj is from Pink Jai on Instagram. She has 11 clay followers on there. She is Canadian, but I love how social media has changed so much that allows us to connect with people all over the world. So I've been following Raj for a very long time now. Um, I'm I'm sort of her like stalker now, but the reason I love her is because her content is so amazing. So she is a content creator, so that's why it's obviously amazing, but the way she presents it. And so in this episode, we dive in with all the changes that are having around the world, how it's affect our social media presence and what what helps her inspire during this time. She really dives into her work. That's what I love about her. I think when you talk to another person that is just as passionate about their creativity, uh, creativity, they will shine through no matter what. And she is definitely one of those people that her beauty, her love, her passion, everything shines through whatever she does. So I can't wait to talk to her and dive into this episode. I hope you guys like it. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so glad we finally connected. <laughs> Me too. I'm I'm very excited to talk to you, but also uh, very excited because it's my first ever time being on a podcast. Oh, yay. <laughs> how exciting. Well, I yeah. know you're going to do amazing because you have amazing information and you are just a fabulous person. Oh, thanks. <laughs> How are you dealing with everything? You know, I think um, I've been telling everybody this, that like, I'm not really dealing. I'm just trying to be in the moment because I'm a person that like really can tend to lead towards anxiety and worst possible scenarios. Like I will start to catastrophize everything in my mind. So I try not to think about like tomorrow or the next day. I try to sort of just be like, okay, what can I accomplish today? And like, keep a check on my feelings today. If I think too far in the future right now, it's very scary for me, but um, you know, just doing our best and like hunkering down, staying home, staying safe. That's all we can really do right now, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, you ready to get started? (laughs) Ready. Well, welcome to the podcast, Balancing Skincare and Samosas. How are you, Raj? I'm good. I'm very excited to be here with you on the podcast. Um, it's I'm a huge podcast junkie. I love listening to them, but it's my very first time being a part of one. So very exciting for me. Well, I'm glad I was the first one to pop your cherry, I guess, right? <laughs> your podcast. My podcast. So- so tell me a little bit about what you do because I know you're a contact a content creator right so, so explain that so I kind of have two facets to my life I have probably what you know me on Instagram as which is I I'm a food and culture blogger and I create kind of content around um, recipes I love uh, Punjabi food culture 
festivals, holidays, and also like travels, adventures. I'm a big DIY fan. So just kind of whatever is going on in my life tends to translate onto the blog. And then my day job is I'm a, the creative director at a boutique marketing agency. So essentially we do uh, content creation is the bulk of our work for our clients. So we create everything from like writing tweets to creating like Instagram videos, like the whole nine yards and doing um, branding for our clients. So I am a content creator full time. It's just some of it's for my blog. A lot of it is for clients. Oh, that's so what kind of clients do you have? So the bulk of our clients are in food, hospitality, and uh, lifestyle. That's generally where we find our sweet spot of like, our agency is three people, made up of three people right now. We're very small, but um, small but passionate team. And all of us are foodies and we love to travel. So anytime we can find clients that fit that mix, it's perfect for us. Of course, you know, like any small business, we take work that doesn't always fit into those, those boxes for um the purpose of meeting our bottom line, but really where we find our our happy places, food and hospitality brands. Now, what interests me is how you got into this. Like, what inspired you to be starting all this? So it's kind of a happy accident. Um, my background <laughs> is uh, traditional public relations. So um, when I was quite young, I sort of fell into a public relations job and I'm this is like so long ago that I used to fax my press releases. <laughs> but then I moved into a role in economic development for the city I lived in. And I learned a lot there about um, marketing and growing a business. And then I had my kids. My son was born. He's 16 now. Crazy. And um, when I was on my maternity leave, I started a, a business making baby blankets. And what I quickly learned over the years uh, that I ran that business is, I much more enjoyed the marketing and promotion side of things to actually being a manufacturer of baby blankets. And then one thing sort of rolled into the next. I went off, I started working as a freelance publicist. And then about 10 years ago, when all of this, uh, you know, blogging, Twitter, Facebook was kind of just creeping up into everybody's, I guess, headspace. Everyone was starting to think about these things. Um, you know, I guess I saw a trend. I guess I saw something there. I, w I was really active on Twitter. I had started a blog. I did a Flickr group where I was doing a Project 365, posting like what I wore every day for 365 years. And I just, you know, I hate to say it just happened because I also think that as women, we tend to take away and discredit our work and just be like, oh, you know, it was luck. It was a, you know, happy accident, whatever. But I do think that um, it was a little bit of being at the right place at the right time with like the technology knowledge I have. And then I just found this little hole in the market that people wanted to use social media to promote their business, but they didn't know how. And actually um, really funny how my business actually started my social media business is I attended a networking event for a shopping center, like a major mall in my area. And I walked up to the marketing manager and I said, what's your Twitter handle? Because I'd like to tweet about you know this event and she was like we don't have a twitter handle but that's a fabulous skirt you're wearing and basically <laughs> turned into a sales meeting that turned into my first ever social media client and now a decade later here we are and this is what i do for a living who would have thought 10 years ago that this could be our jobs huh oh seriously like i tell that to my young clients i'm like who knows what 
you know, major you're going to major in and where it's going to take you. Because right now there's so much going on in social media and just in the work field in general that you can really make a job out of anything. It's it just about your passion. Absolutely. You know, I think about this all the time that like I could have never imagined. I graduated high school in 1998. I totally just gave away my age. But when I graduated <laughs> high school, I... I didn't know what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to, I personally knew I wanted to do something in the arts. My parents being immigrants were like, you know, really wanting me to pursue a um, traditional safe career. And I was seriously considering law. Like I, I was starting to study political science and was going to go down the path of becoming a lawyer. And thank goodness on a whim, I took a graphic design course. And the only reason I think my parents kind of let me, scoot by with that is because computers were getting really trendy like home computers at that point like everybody yeah. was into like having a computer at home and learning about graphic design and but you know even even 15 years ago there was no way that anyone could have predicted that you can make like your living as a youtube influencer or as like an instagrammer or that you and i could be having this discussion and we met because of instagram right and like it's exactly just so bizarre how the world is moving but i love that anybody can create any opportunity today and so th that brings a good point like how did you get support like since it was such a new field back then like did you have support i mean you said your parents were open it because of computers but Honestly, now I look at my brother on the computer, I'm like, he's just playing video games. Like, this is not life. <laughs> so, you know, my family, it, you know, like I said, you know, they see family, immigrant parents, they have never quite, I've always been the black sheep. We'll just call a spade a spade. I've always been the black sheep. My sister studied all the appropriate careers, you know, accounting, business management. One of my sisters studied being a paralegal. So, I was the only off the grid child and it hasn't always been an easy path. When I left my government job to start my business, um, my son was like, you know, I had my son and I decided I didn't want to go back to work. And my mom and my, you know, family, like even my mother-in-law, like they had a little intervention with me and said like, no, like we can take care of the baby. Like you need to, who, they were like, who gives up a government job with government benefits to go off on a whim and start sewing baby blankets at your table? Because <laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> of the month. But, you know, it's never been an easy path. Um, for many, many years, even when I was like gainfully self-employed, my mom and dad would ask like, oh, are you going to get a job? Or I'd go to family dinners and there would always be one person that would be like, oh, did you get a job yet? Um, but I will say there was like a turning point about eight years ago when my mom finally started to see because there, when I started blogging, there was no brown faces. Like when Pink Chai Living started, there was no South Asian bloggers. There, there just wasn't. And the, the handful that I found, I connected with a few friends. We call ourselves the OG Twitter crew. You know, there was about four of us that found each other. And you couldn't really tell people like, this is what I want to do because you didn't even know it was a career. So, you know, everyone was like very worried for me. They were like, you have two children. What are you doing? Like you have bills to pay. But I think I will say this, that at that point when my mom kind of figured out like something clicked in her mind that she actually had come to me and said about eight years ago, she bought me a camera. She bought me my, my DSLR camera because she saw me doing my blogging with my horrible little camera and using my phone camera and she had a moment I think where she said to me you know seeing you now I wish we had let you go to art school like I can see that Aww. we 
really should have let you go to art school because you're happy here. Like you get this. So, you know, she's come around. Um, I think my family now understands that I'm never going to get a traditional job. And finally, I think people understand that this is a career, but it has not always been like support has been lacking from the family side, but that's where the beauty of this whole social media world comes in, right? Like we support each other from afar. I've met so many amazing mentors. I've learned so much from people on social. So that's been very, very helpful. So I know you said there's not, there weren't a lot of brown faces. Now, who was a mentor or, you know, someone you looked up to during this time, or was it really just, just making things up as you go, I guess, you know? So when I started the blog, um, you know, as far as fashion bloggers go, because when I started, I was a fashion and beauty blogger exclusively. There really wasn't anybody doing what I was doing. Um, and then I slowly connected with a group of bloggers. So initially I had connected with Anjum from Masala Mamas, Nisha from Love Laugh Marriage. We were kind of the original sort of few of us that we connected. And there was a few other friends that don't blog anymore. But really from a mentorship point of view, as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be a magazine editor. It's like my dream job. So from a really young age, I've, I've developed this amazing ability to make imaginary friendships with people I want to be my mentors, <laughs> uh, whether they know it or not. So I, I read everything I could get my hands on. Um, you know, I, I connected with definitely like in the, the blogging community 10 years ago used to be very different. And there was a lot of Facebook groups where you could go and you could say, you know, I'm trying to change the header on my blog and I don't know how, and you know, people would help you out. Um, so that I missed that part of blogging because there used to be an entirely different sense of community before it became about getting the most likes and having the most sponsored posts because there was this early excitement. We all felt excited when anybody got a sponsored campaign because we were like, you know, the industry we were trying to create was getting validation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've been really blessed in my life to always come across like great people that I work with or great like female mentors online. And um, I was just talking to someone about this the other day that I think like, like attracts like. So I've always somehow managed to attract really supportive very uh, high energy women in my life. That is so true. I feel like when you have a vision like you did, you know, mentor, you'll find it. It's just about knowing what you want. That's so nice. So now what, I know you have all these like Punjabi recipes and you create all these DIY outfits. What gets you going? What get, what sparks you know, it's so funny. Yesterday, someone asked me this question. They said, like, where did these ideas come from? And at that moment, I said, oh, I don't know where they come from. But later, I went away from it. And I thought about this a lot last night. And um, for me, creativity is like, it's my juice to keep going. Like when I go through periods of time where like for, okay, so whenever my business gets really busy, my creative side always suffers. Like I always say that w clients always take precedence over my blog and my creative things. And whenever I let that happen though, I really regret it because I start feeling angst and I feel like upset and I feel anxiety. And for me, like I have to fill my well with creative stuff and I only have creative ideas when I'm doing the things that really fill me up. So I love to read. I love to experiment in my kitchen with like different cooking 
techniques. I'm a huge history nerd. So a lot of people ask me about like the culture posts that I write. Usually um, I'm digging through like old archival uh, books from Punjab or like reading painfully difficult reads from like writers that are I have to like it takes me forever to read these books in Punjabi because my Punjabi is good but not that strong and I guess for me I do try I get a lot of inspiration from other creators but what I've learned over the last couple of years is I try not to look at creators that are in the same space as me I try and go and look at the most bizarre and different topics to read about to watch you know movies on to listen to podcasts and somehow that mix of different inputs inspires my creative ideas I don't know if that makes sense but I'm trying to give like some tangible advice to someone if you want to be more creative don't look at people that are creating in your same space yeah I think that is true I think uh, you know when you're in that field like you not tend to but you happen to just you know, get ideas from it. But to be honest, when I look at your page, there's always such unique ideas. Like for Vasaki, you had these amazing, you know, ideas. And even for like Diwali, like I'm like, I couldn't even think about these things. Like I'm totally going to copy what you're doing, you know, (laughs) but you come up with these amazing things. Like I love it. You know, it really inspires me to even actually, you know, take part and recreate them. Thank you. I really appreciate that. But I should also take a second here to say, if you don't mind my saying that, you know, mm-hmm. when you see a creator, like someone like me putting those things out there, it's really important to remember that literally we have spent days and weeks like uh, researching, brainstorming, researching how to place those pictures, setting up the lights for them. And I think, you know, sometimes in today's crazy world, we forget that like a lot of the things we see are aspirational or, you know, not so much inspirational. And, you know, I I don't want to take away from the fact like I'm always I'm all about authenticity. And to be perfectly honest, like there are a lot of projects that I do at home that are just for myself that never make it to Instagram or to the blog because they're not what I think have mass appeal. Um, So I'm like so excited to inspire people's creativities. It like it it makes me so happy when people are like, oh, you posted this and I made it. Like, that's actually the biggest win for me. But I'm also really conscious to always remind people that, you know, like, I'm sure, like, I haven't met you in real life, but I'm sure whenever I meet you, I'm going to be like, damn, she has great skin. But it's your job to have great skin, right? (laughs) So, like, it's also really important to remember that, like, you know, what I'm putting out there, what any other creator is putting out there, it's, it's meant to... like it's meant for people to aspire to almost in a weird twisted way because that's how the internet works now Mm -hmm. yeah I totally get and and like giving credit to I feel like a lot of you know as followers you know we follow people we don't give enough credit and I think as a content creator that's that can be a little bit disheartening don't you think when they're not the credit's not given it's incredibly disheartening you know um as you followed for some time and I used to get really fired up about it. You know, I've had my content, um, you know, repackaged with a new title for the post or recreated or even flat out copied and had people deny it. And it is disheartening. It is, you know, frustrating because in this space of like South Asian culture and arts and blogging, some of us have really been breaking barriers and creating a space. And I think 
there's two type of people in the world and I'm the type of person, like I'd like to believe, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, pat my own back, but I try and hold myself to the standard that if I open a door, I hold it open for the person behind me because I think there is so much space at the top for women. First of all, we're grossly underrepresented women of color, you know, we're even further underrepresented. Like there is space for you know, a thousand of us to become internet superstars this year, maybe more in North America, because we're so grossly underrepresented. But unfortunately, what I find happens in this creator community is people think that if you give credit, it takes away from who you are. Or if you tag the person where you were inspired, maybe two more people will go follow them. But what I have always found is that when you give credit, you create relationships and you create a sense of authenticity and like I wish I could get the message out that there is so much space for women of color to succeed we are so underrepresented that what we should be doing is we should be forming chains and we should be promoting the heck out of each other's work because just one of us needs to make it to the top for the rest of us to make it that's so true I was just talking to another um friend of mine and that's exactly what we're talking about it I do you get that in the South Asian community too even being as a content creator there's so much competition because in my field like there's so many hairdressers there's so many skin therapists and everything that everybody's competing but there's no need for competition like honestly give where the credit is due and we can all make it that's how I feel Absolutely. And, and to further that, not to, you know, I'm really cautious about the messaging that I put out about our community, because I think, you know, it's easy for us to put a blanket statement and say it's our community. And I think in, in the years I've been in the workforce, I've learned it's more of a female to female um, issue, which is a deeper conversation for another day that we're sort of raised to compete, compete against other women because of all the messaging and all the things that are around us. But realistically, you know, when, when you're talking about South Asian content creators, you know, every year or every few months I see someone say, oh, you know, no one's doing this, so I'm doing it. And what I've come to realize is the person isn't trying to be a jerk. They're not trying to be like, oh, you know, um, I'm completely purposely dis disregarding the fact that, you know, like um, Raj from Ping Chai has been in this space for a decade. You know, it's more that they just haven't done the research. And I think that's a huge thing that people are missing. Like if you're going to come into the content creation space and you're going to start creating, you know, dig deep and do some research on who's in the space. Or if you're creating something and you think, you know, just don't make big blanket statements. Like no one has done this before. No one's representing this space. They probably are. And you haven't connected with them yet, you know, because I feel like there's this huge sense of like, I'm first. And I can say that our community has grown so much as content creators in the last like three years that like every part of India is now represented somewhere. Every part of Pakistan, every part of like Southeast Asia is represented somewhere by an influencer. And you just, we just have to sort of stop looking at ourselves as being like, it's just me in this space. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I completely relate to that. I mean, there's so much we can learn from each other. I, I definitely can relate to that. Um, now, th that goes back to what you were saying about actually doing your research and, you know, not just putting content out there, you know, like you're reading books, you're looking up things. I think that's what got me interested in you, because when you were putting out Vasaki information, like I trusted you. 
you know, that the information you're putting out there, you've done the information, you've done the research, you've done everything. And that's what honestly what really sparked me into actually trying these things out too, like your Vasaki um, dishes. And they're so simple and easy, honestly, like for me, that doesn't even cook that much, but um, I'm like, I can actually make sauce. Like that's, that's really, you know, uh, you doing your research, your testing and everything. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you uh, pointing that out because, you know, that's one of my sort of um, personal commandments. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I, I sometimes feel even my friends and family will say to me, you know, like you put, like, I'll make the same recipe sometimes like four or five times. And my mom will say like, you know, thank you again, just like, it's okay, like people will figure it out. And she doesn't mean that to dissuade, like, to like, um, you know, upset the people, but more like she feels for me, right? That like, oh my God, you're making the same thing f- for the fifth time now. Or, you know, what you're saying about research, like I take great pride in holding myself to journalistic um, standards. Like I'm not a journalist, you know, I don't work for the times I wish I did, but I try and hold myself to a standard. And um, it really means a lot to me like that you see that like it's um, something that I really pride myself in. And I know, sometimes when you're new in the field, and you get excited, you think, okay, I can just post anything. But um, I would like to believe that this blog that I'm writing is my, uh, my living portfolio of my work. And that maybe one day, Maybe one day the New York Times will call me to write an op-ed on Vasaki. I don't know, right? But they won't if I don't do my job right. Girl, I'll be cheering you on back there. I mean, like, yay, I know her. <laughs> yeah. But that's so exciting. I mean, like, you get all this inspiration from, like, how, how do you get inspiration even during this time like what we're dealing with with the virus how do you keep up with that like I know there's a lot of trends and you know there's Indian trends and like what's going on and just general but this virus has hit content in a different way hasn't it absolutely this is such a confusing time and you know in all honesty I I've had to take a little step back you know I've had to take a little step back I've been a little quiet because For me, you know, a lot of people made blanket statements, you know, in the beginning, they were like, I'm not going to talk about Corona. And then, you know, it was like, uh, jokes on you because Corona is here for three months. So how are you not going to talk about it or four months or six months? I'm not I shouldn't make a statement like that. But you know what I mean? Like, it's here for an indefinite amount of time. And, you know, I've been really conflicted because there was a part of me that was like, no, you know what, don't write. Um self-isolation related content try and be positive but I don't feel positive every day so you know I've done little things like I'm doing the social distancing diaries the little videos on my Instagram but I've stepped back I've thought about it and you know I've been doing some work um, really planning my editorial calendar and I think moving forward you know some of the things that I'm thinking about are content related to being in the home making your home a happier place making it a place you want to be and while I don't have all of it figured out what I do know like what I have decided is that I won't be sharing content that was like unless it's a rare throwback but I see there are a lot of people sharing content that was maybe shot outdoors before um, isolation or you know was was clearly created so like for example a lot of my Vasaki content this year I just held it it didn't feel appropriate it didn't feel like the right time to share it um you know this there's so much going on in our community not just corona not just that the Nagarkirtan has been cancelled but you know what's going on in Kabul right now it just feels 
like the inappropriate time for me to be talking about celebratory Vasaki. So, you know, I've got a more thoughtful approach and piece coming out. So, you know, I think one thing I've been thinking a lot, and sorry, I've gone off on a tangent here, but is that what this period of time is going to do for content creators is it's really going to push the cream of the crop to the top because at the point at the point we are now you can't just keep churning out content that you had planned before you have to start putting your sort of um thoughtful journalistic hat on and saying okay what is appropriate what do people care about what is adding value to their lives and what is getting clicks to my site because at the end of the day traffic does matter yeah. I mean, for me, I'm not a content creator, but I've become one because of my business. It's reinventing the wheel. Now I'm like trying to figure out what to post, how to post it even, and how to word it. Just the same thing. I'm not trying to um, disregard what's going on in the world, but I'm just trying to put a little bit of positivity in it, but I think we definitely need to be a little bit more cautious of what's going on. I, I love what you've been sharing. I think, you know, everything from, you know, I know it was really raw and hard for you to talk about closing your business. I felt that like I felt that in my gut when you posted that post. Um, but I think if I was your client, that honesty would bring me back to you when this is all over. I love that you're, you know, creating content. I get it. Like you're not a, you, you were not a traditional content creator before this, but you now have this 90 day or however many day period ahead of you where you have to stay relevant to your clients. You have to stay somehow top of mind. And I know this is very pragmatic and very business focused, but when you come out the other side of this, you need to be top of mind for your clients. When, when, you know, we can all go out again, we, we, you don't want them to have found somebody else who was doing a better job of sharing messaging and being online and interacting with them and then suddenly feel like, oh, you know, I'm not, it's been a long time since I saw Supreet, but I've been following Sally on Instagram and she's been giving great skincare tips and she's been sharing ideas of what I can do at home. And now I want to try Sally's salon. Not that I'm trying to say, you know, I'm trying to say that in the most, there's a space for being positive and uplifting and collaborative. And then there's also a space for like trying to save your small business in a difficult economy. And for that reason, you do have to be a content creator for the next little while. So how do you, I mean, a little bit, I guess on the topic too, but how often do you think posting during this time and even in general, like on Instagram is uh, necessary to get that following? So the thing is, this becomes like kind of a, a two-pronged answer. So I'm, a, I am trying really hard to always drive people to my website first, because I think we give so much weight to Instagram. And, you know, just like Facebook some years ago started pulling what it did for businesses, Instagram could pull that. So first and foremost, like keep trying to send people to your site. As far as the amount of posts, I think for every business, it's different. Um, I have personally experimented with everything from doing like three posts a week to two posts a day. And what I have found is that what it really comes down to is how engaging my content is or like, or how good the picture is. Cause those are for my um, followers, the two things that they kind of seem to care about. But I think you can post as often as you want to, as long as what you're posting 
so okay so i'm gonna go out on a limb and say something i think people are really bored at home and i'm seeing people post some stuff that makes me shake my head and think like i would never want to put that on my brand like i get that tiktok is cool right now but like you do have to actually meet people in real life when this is over and you're going to have posted all these things and you know just don't detract from your brand value like you can share any number of posts that are helpful to your clients that are um make people laugh, help them get through the day that are hacks that are tips that are distractions. And you can even share your honest feelings. If you're feeling anxious or worried, you can share that. But understand that not everybody can connect with that not everybody is feeling the same way. And it might be a trigger for some people, you know, um, this is a really sensitive time. And I've had to start unfollowing some people that I love that I will probably follow again after this crisis. But you know, them sharing their anxiety is giving me anxiety. So I've had to stop sort of like following them. So just be cautious of that when you're a brand that, you know, as much as you want to be authentic, you also want to, like you said it perfectly. I think like your place is a feel good place to come. Normally pre-corona, someone would come to your place to get like, you know, glowing skin and freshly waxed legs to go to the beach, right? Um, During corona, I would like to come to you to get lots of laughs. So my skin glows from the inside out. You know what I mean? True, true. Now, now at the other opposite end, do you think people will go through like a a social media like detox and like totally cut off of it because the, social media has been the only way of connecting with people too. But I have noticed some people have just sort of dropped off from the internet. So I kind of, this is again, like just my personal opinion. I kind of have a two way feeling about this. I think some people will um, tire of it. Like, you know, I, I was overwhelmed. I haven't been on social much this week because I was overwhelmed because so much content is coming out right now. Right. Like everybody is posting so much. So I think there will be people that will step back, but I also think people will become very discerning about what they consume. So like, I think the really thoughtful accounts are the people that find a way to like, right now you have to cut through the noise. You, there is so much content that I think there will be some people that will uh, really benefit from this because they will create really innovative, interesting things. But I do feel that at some point, people are going to get tired of scrolling their screens and are going to need to find other avenues for entertainment, or at least I hope they will. Like, I really hope that people will realize that there is a whole entire world on the internet that goes beyond Instagram. There are some amazing writers and blogs and podcasts that right now people can consume. And I hope like this, even though I am a creator on Instagram, I hope people will not spend their entire day just scrolling Instagram. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, I was looking through your website. I'm like, what book am I going to read next now? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to be on Instagram this whole time. Like, I actually want to take the time and digest, you know, thoughtful and informational stuff, not just, you know, yeah, TikTok videos that just make you so, want to laugh. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? Right. So can I share a trick with you that I used to do when my kids were little? Because I know your kids are younger. And I know a yeah. lot of moms always say to me, like, how do you find the time to read? So when my kids were little is when I started reading like op-eds in the New York Times or the culture column in the New Yorker, because a long article would say, take me 15 or 20 minutes to digest. And that's maybe all my kids would give me. But that felt like reading something really promising and really like uplifting. Or I would read books that were a series of short stories. So Mm. then if I 
short story and I had to go away from it for like three, four or five days or weeks because that can happen when you have kids. It was fine. Like my trick is always like read in-depth articles, like just, you know, read something that's a really in-depth article um, and it gives you something to process. It gives you change of pace, but then you're not committed to having to read a book, which I know is so hard when your kids are little because like as soon as you sit down with a book, it is the international child bat signal to bother your mom. They're like, oh, look, she's sitting down. Her tea is hot. She has a book in her hand. Let's go talk to her. Seriously, that's the same thing that's going on. Like I get ready to read my book and I'm like, okay, I get two pages and I'm like, that's it. Well, that is a good tip though. I'm definitely going to do that. And that brings me, so how do you, being a content creator, I bet your kids must love it because you're like cooking and creating all these creative stuff. How do they feel about it? So my kids have really aged out of having a mom that's a content creator. It's no longer when they were little, um, you know, initially when my, when my kids were about um, 11 and eight is when, you know, like my blogging career kind of had this great um, surge and we got to go on some like fun trips and we got to do things. They were really excited about it then. Um, As they've gotten older, they've become very private about, and I've always been very private about how much of my kids I share, but now that they're a little bit older, you know, they don't love to appear on my Instagram feed. Um, There's a sense of like, they're constantly reminding me that I'm, okay, no mom is cool. If you want to know how uncool you are, wait until you're (laughs) but they're like sort of always keeping me in check and being like just because kids at my school follow you doesn't mean you're a celebrity but um they are really um they are reaping the benefits of all my cooking experiments for sure but they I think find it funny sometimes like it is it's a fine balance like I have to check myself sometimes and be like okay I'm not gonna story right now or I'm not gonna record things because I also really want to be in the moment with them So funny enough, like the most personal things that happen in our kitchen are never on Instagram or, you know, that's, that's like, comes back to just being mindful of when you're consuming content of knowing that like everything you, what you see is just a slice of a person's life. And, um, you know, my kids, like any teenagers have moody days, but they're also lovely children. And, um, you know, I'm very, it's a very interesting phase right now where they're, it's like having a friend, you know, to take your Instagram selfies. (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny now I wanted to circle back when you talked about paid sponsorship and stuff like that now this is a weird time but do you think there's still a possibility of getting like paid sponsorships and getting connected with other bloggers to put your content out there like how is that going to work Absolutely. I think we we can't forget that, you know, the worst thing we can do for ourselves right now is to make ourselves financially weaker. So if there's an opportunity to, you know, conduct business in a respectful, thoughtful way, absolutely. Like, am I going to do a sponsored post for uh, face masks? Probably not. That feels in really bad taste. But am I would I consider doing a sponsored post for a, a pantry staple brand or something that people need right now? Why not? I think as long as you're being tasteful about it, um, everybody deserves to keep their income going. And I, I, I had made an IGTV video about this recently where I said, like, you know, some content creators are getting a lot of flack from people. They're like, how could you possibly be um, doing sponsored posts right now? But on the other hand, you know, we're cheering for all of our local small businesses and we're saying, like, support them, support them, order from your local small business restaurant or, you know, curbside pickup from a store. Well, a lot of those bloggers, like especially the stay-at-home mom bloggers, they're only able to stay at home with their kids because 
they have these sponsored posts as their income stream. So, you know, I just want to remind anybody who's listening that like they are also trying to keep their small business alive. And um, I think it's a great time to collaborate with other bloggers and create interesting things and really show off your creativity. I don't know if you saw that video that's going around the one with has, which has like Amitabh Bachchan and Diljeet and um, Ranveer Kapoor and they're Ranveer Kapoor and they're doing this video that they shot in their house but they basically shot this entire movie in their house, like in their independent houses and put it together. And I think like that is the hallmark of what collaborative things can happen right now. Wow. I have to check that out. I've been seeing a lot of people like a lot of uh, celebrities or Instagram celebrities doing like collaborative videos and TikTok videos. Um, But I, yeah, that's really interesting that you mentioned that because I, I've been trying to reconnect with, you know, people that I haven't, connected with and I think this is a good time to create those relationships that we didn't have time for in the past absolutely and I think you know people just need one person to be courageous and say it you know like if you reach out to one person and say like hey I'd like to do a collaboration I know it's a weird time but maybe it'll make people smile like you know you and I have known each other online for I think over two or three years now but this is our first collaboration and it probably was made possible because you and I both happen to have time on a Wednesday afternoon now (laughs) true it's about being creative during this time like what kind of other tips do you give for like create being creative during this time I guess how to use our time wisely so you know I want to be really cautious here because like like I think first and foremost is we just have to get through these days. And I recognize that for some people, like just making it from morning to night, that's like a, an effort. So like, you know, first of all, like take care of your mental well-being, do what you can. Um, I'm opposed to this idea where people are saying like hustle during this time and, you know, like learn a language and do that. Cause like, no, I don't really feel like that. Some days, some days I feel like the world is going to end and I feel stressed out. But for myself, what I'm trying to do is like, to keep myself kind of focused. And and I want to come out of this time feeling like I was productive. Um, So I've made a list of like four or five projects I want to do around my house, just just a few, like, I'm not going to try and like, go overboard. But I have a couple of projects that I want to do that are related to my home. I'm trying to spend time every day free writing. Um, There's an amazing program, it's called the artist's way. And it's like a 30 days of writing prompts. And it's a really, I think now is a really great idea, a great time to sit down and really get introspective and think about, you know, now is a great time for people to think about their five-year plan. Like, what do you want the next five years of your life to look like? What are your big goals? Or even revisit your priorities because, you know, there's that great meme going around that says like in your rush to return to normal, make sure that it's the normal you want to return to. Because we're going to have this great opportunity for the first time in our lives to maybe free ourselves of all sorts of commitments that we were obligated to that we didn't want to do when this is over because no one has any expectations for anyone right now. So, you know, maybe journal more, um, get introspective with yourself, try and do something with your hands. Like, I feel like a lot of adults lose that sort of drawing, painting, play with Play-Doh if you have kids at home, just 
and and give yourself some time away from social media. Um, something I'm trying really hard is to control the amount of news I consume. This is very, very hard because my mother lives with me and she starts watching news at 6 a.m. And by the time <laughs> I come downstairs, she tells me like what the Punjab Guardian said and what Trudeau said and what, you know, the London newspaper said. But I have to sort of like tell her like, no, ma, like, no, I can't do this right now. I can't. I have a friend who is sending me all sorts of WhatsApps that were news related and I had to message and say like listen love you but please don't be my news outlet like remove me from your whatsapp distribution list so you know I think one part of it is being creative and the other part of it is protecting your creative because it's really hard to watch like a morbid news report and then go and be like okay I'm going to create happy positive content for my business right now that's so true like even today I started off my day with no social media just because I wanted to be in that mindset, like nothing affecting it. You know, I wake up, I actually do Japji Sab and get the kids ready, get my breakfast ready. And then that's how I start my productive days. My non-productive days, it's literally like wake up when the kids wake up, eat what we can make and just go as the day goes by and just see where it goes. So it is definitely important to protect yourself and especially as a content creator you have to protect that your mental health you know it's very important I think that's definitely being discussed a lot during this time frame yeah but I know we're probably like running towards the end of our time but I wanted to um to say something you said that you do Jepti sub in the morning and you know what I love about what I'm seeing on it one thing I am seeing on social that I love is that the so many people are finding solace in meditation and faith. And um, I've been talking to a lot of people like you and I have shared this offline before that we we are lucky to have grown up in homes where we were introduced to things like Japji Sab and you know Nitname and Simran to calm ourselves. But a lot of people didn't grow up in that environment. And I think now is a great time to also reflect on your spiritual practices and build in opportunities to find that peace and spirituality like I know a lot of people say like approach me on social and they say I'm nervous I don't know if I'm going to do my part right no one ever taught me and you know a really simple thing that my mom has been doing with my kids for the last couple weeks because you know my mom only moved in with us about six months ago and I had never thought to do this is she lights a jyot with them every morning and it's Mm. a really simple Thing, and it just recenters and refocuses and I find that I also go back to that joke to think about like you know to just to focus and I think um you know what you're saying like what a great time to put a little bit of spiritual practice in place to center yourself and also a great time to think about where you're headed with your faith or how you want to see faith be a part of your life moving forward because this year is the first year that you know, we're not going to get Vasaki that's a Mela. It's the first year that we can reflect on Vasaki from a spiritual point of view. So what you said sort of prompted me to think like, you know, that's a great thing you have going. Like to have to have a routine of thought or meditation or Simran is so important right now. But that's also what you mentioned, like looking at it as spiritually. I think we get caught up like Vasaki is Sikhism. It's not Punjabi, but I think we get caught up in the culture, you know, Lodi Yagi, we have to do this and we have to do that. We get caught up in these things and not actually understand the actual meaning behind it. I think a lot of people are actually going to look into the meaning now and go deep into the feelings and the spiritual, like you're saying. Yeah. So I think like this is like a 
like, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Like people can now really evaluate what Basaki means to you when you take all the pomp and show away from it. And if you're unsure, that's okay. Like, you don't have to be embarrassed about that. Like, a lot of people don't really know what basaki means to them once you take the nagarkirtan and the mila and the food out of it. But mm-hmm. what a beautiful time to reflect on that and to think about it and to think, you know, how am I going to embody basaki or, like, embody the spirit of basaki in my family, in my home, without having those big showy things around it? Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, giving me some time to give your beautiful knowledge. Oh, no worries. Thank you for having me. We could have chatted forever. <laughs> I know. Literally, I was like, oh, my God, I, the time is like clicking by and I didn't even realize that. <laughs> oh, this was amazing. And, um, you know, I'm so excited you're doing this and uh, I can't wait to hear more episodes. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. And we'll definitely connect. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me and Raj this episode of Balancing Skincare and Samosas. You can follow both of us on Instagram at Raj at Pinkchai um, on Instagram. And you can follow me at Skinsutra underscore Supreet. Leave us a comment, tag us when you're listening to us, and make sure to leave us a review. We'll see you next week.